Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, everyone. Buddy C. We have Marla and Kate and Tina and Craig and Paul. Good to have you guys today. Oh, and before we get started, I, I would like to congratulate Kate on four years. Thank you. Very good, Kate. And I know this has been a tough one for you. You've had some ups and downs during this year, and I know it's supposed to get easier, but uh, I guess we get what we need, and what we need is not always easy, is it? <laughs> it hasn't been particularly easy this year, but it's getting better, so that's good. Got a good topic today. This is one of my favorite chapters, as most of them are, but this one is on resentments. Why we get them, how we get rid of them. This is the Tao resentment chapter. It's a good one, uh, and I need it, too. I really do. All right. Kate, you want to read for us? I do. After a bitter quarrel, some resentment must remain. What can one do about it? Therefore, the sage keeps his half of the bargain, but does not exact his due. A man of virtue performs his part, but a man without virtue requires others to fulfill their obligations. The Tao of heaven is impartial. It stays with the good men all the time. Second translation. Failure is an opportunity. If you blame someone else, there is no end to the blame. Therefore, the master fulfills her own obligations and corrects her own mistakes. She does what she needs to do and demands nothing of others. Third translation, difficulties remain even after solving a problem. How then can we consider that as good? Therefore, the master does what she knows is right and makes no demands of others. A virtuous person will do the right thing and persons with no virtue will take advantage of others. The Tao does not choose sides. The good person receives from the Tao because she is on its side. Final translation. Sometimes when an argument is settled, feelings of resentment still remain on either side. What's the point of carrying a grudge? The masters care about what they owe other people, not what other people owe them. People who are in touch with Tao do their duty. People who aren't try to force others into submission. Tao doesn't play favorites, but if you do right by Tao, Tao will do right by you. Comments. Right, so maybe I, maybe I need this one this week because I have, I have a sponsee who is at the making amends stage. And we were discussing something, and he says, I, I really don't know how to go about doing this amends, and I, because at the end of it, I'm not really going to feel as if I've done enough. Or I know there's always going to be some bitterness on the other side of the on the side of the other person as well. <coughs> so I know that when we do amends, when we do things like make amends, and there is always going to be some bitterness, not necessarily on our behalf, but Sometimes on the behalf of the other person, there's always going to be some animosity. There's always going to be some 
some element of people blaming to go on at this. But I think as long as we're doing the right thing, as long as we're doing as long as we're doing what we need to do, when we're making amends and when we're trying to move on from things. And I think as long as we accept our part and what's went on as well, I think that's, that's that's the important part, making the amends, I'm accepting what I've done. I'm never pointing the finger back at you. So how do we go about forgiving when we're making the amends? How, how do we go about forgiving the other person and, and also forgiving ourselves when we're making the amends as well? Because I know it's all fair and well us sitting here saying, you know, I work this program, I do this, that and the other. And sometimes it's a process that takes a long time for us to actually get through. And I think reading between the lines, it's, it's not something that we jump into straight away. It's not something that we, we're going we're gonna to expect a magic wand waved over us just because we've said this is where I am, you know, how do I make amends to you? It's not automatically going to sit well with the other person. I think sometimes sometimes people see things as a cop-out, as us, as us trying to get out of things that we've done. Um, so there's always going to be there's always going to be a resentment at some point. So I, I get what it's saying about the, uh, the first part with there's always going to be some sort of animosity, resentment, grief. So how do we, how do we move on after we've made the amends? Comments, guys? For me, go ahead, Mara. You got something? I, I, I was listening to that and thinking how long sometimes, even after you've made an amends, how long it can take to actually feel like you've made the amend. Or, um, I'm not sure. It, <sighs> For me, it's that's where the living amends. It's a process, Craig, and it's like... yeah. Well, it's like your body healing. You know, if you break a limb, it doesn't heal overnight just because you got a cast on it. it. You're not able to go do whatever you could do before. It takes time. And a lot of times with these uh, amends that we make, we have to, uh, it takes time for those things to heal. But the, the point with this, and we'll, as we get on into this chapter, it talks about what our attitude is toward the other person and how we are to maintain this attitude of kindness and risking injury for kindness and continuing to, uh, to, to offer the Dharma is where it ends up to others, you know, offering, um, Offering love and compassion and kindness is what we're to do, and we're to live in that side of this. It's almost like in the, the big book on five is it five fifty two talks about resentments and how you know we. Let me get my big book. I want to read that because this has to do with our attitude toward. Uh, let's see here. It's 552. Uh, If you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you'll be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Now, this is the part I really wanted to talk about. Even when you don't really want it for them or your prayers are only words, and you don't mean it, go ahead and do it anyway, even if you don't feel the emotion behind it. And then it says do it every day for two weeks. And I think you can kind of flip the other way too. Even if even if you really mean it, but you don't think it's enough, do it anyway. 
you know, and you'll find uh, you will have come to mean it and you will want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you change. And now you feel compassionate, understanding and love. So it may be and I've had situations. uh, I think we all do where we know it's the right thing to do. So we do it. But I have to work at not picking that back up. You know, I have to work at not uh, when we're when we're faulted. I had a situation that I was faulted and lied about. Not recently um, that I was lied about. uh, And it took and I still occasionally have that creep back up. And it was a family member. And I was like, oh, my goodness, how do I, what do I do with this, right? So I keep doing what I know works, and it keeps getting better and better and better. But it takes time for this kind of thing to work itself out. And that's where the living amends come in, Craig. That's where we learn to to return kindness for injury. That doesn't mean one time. That means a continual way of life really we learn to make this a way of life for us so that's that's how i see that um and what i would do if it if it were me and that was someone i was working with i would say let's just do what we know works and let's keep doing it and see if in two months three months six months a year if that relationship hasn't mended because it takes time none of this happens overnight you know, we want instant answers. We want instant relief. We want things to be instantly fixed. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We're not we're not instantly fixed, nor are our relationships going to be instantly fixed. They take time. This is really a practice. Really a practice. Comments? How about this comment on the, the uh, Mitchell? Failure is an opportunity. Everyone else came at this a little different from him. Difficulties remain. Once an argument settled, feelings of resentment remain. Failure is an opportunity. If you blame someone else, there is no end to the blame. I was thinking about the Chinese word for opportunity. I think we are crisis. Uh, we talked about this. It's a mixture of the words danger and opportunity or the two words that make up crisis. Best I understand. Uh, which failure is always an opportunity. It's always an opportunity. And it's easy for me in those situations to fixate on the blame. Who is at fault here? And what what this talks about the master doing is the master does not twist the blame into a benefit for himself. You know how you can take blame and manipulate blame just like, you know, You can manipulate all kinds of other things. He doesn't manipulate the blame for a greater benefit for himself, which is easy to do when you get in those situations, uh, if you're not careful. Therefore, the master fulfills her own obligations and corrects her own mistakes. In other words, she doesn't blame others for her mistakes. She does what she needs to do and demands nothing of others. Y'all interrupt me if you've got anything. Uh, or this one, therefore the master does what she knows is right and makes no demands on others. A virtuous person will do the right thing 
and persons with no virtue will take advantage of others. Talking about taking the using the blame to twist and connive. That's what the non-virtuous person does. And the Tao does not take sides. The person, the good person receives from the Tao because she is on its side. In other words, the Tao doesn't favor the good person. The good person is on the side of the Tao. So they have favor. That's different. You know, it's not like, you know, you know, God blesses us because we do good things. If you know all that stuff, it's that we're doing good things. So we're blessed. You know, that's different. That's different. Comments. Yeah. That's such a different angle to come from, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, it's not, it's not the reward angle. It's an, it's the, I get to do this. I get to do this work. It's a whole different, it's a whole reframing. It's, yeah, you know, and it's not, uh, you know, because the the Christianity I was raised in was a reward Christianity. You know, you yeah. did the right thing, so God rewarded you. It was like, you know, it was very akin to having a job, and you do you do the right job, so you get paid for it. It was kind of the same thinking in my head. Whether that's what I was told or not, I don't know, but that's how I interpret it. <laughs> I'm not blaming them. <laughs> You know, I just, this is how I saw it, you know, and, but now I see that it's not, and and it's like this flow of life that we talk about. And it's not that we get blessed for doing the right things. It's that we do the right thing. So we're blessed. Exactly. So an awesome thought for the day. Yeah. Or for the lot for my life. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I really like the way Wayne Dyer does the translation of that. Uh, it's just really, really good. I want to finish, if there's anything else in these four before I move to that. Uh, the master, uh, how about in the fourth translation? I like his today. Um, Hogan, I think. The masters care about what they owe other people, not what other people owe them. That's, that's, that's a big part of making amends. That's a big part of the eighth step. It's never a case of what have you done to me. It's, it's a case of this is what I've done. This this was my part in it. I'm not really interested in your part in it, but I'm taking acceptance for, and I'm taking responsibility for, for what I've done. I think it's important as well to explain to people as well. You, we, we're not here to take responsibility for other people's actions and other people's feelings. We're, we're here to make sure that our side of the street is clean and make sure that we're doing the next right thing by what we're supposed to be doing. A lot of people, A lot of people can get this confused with, having to take responsibility for everybody's actions because we're the ones that are doing the, we're the ones that are actually doing the amends. You, you know, it's important, Craig, any situation that we're in that regardless of whether the other person is doing the right thing or not, that we do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how many times I've been in a transaction of some kind or anything from a real estate transaction to, you know, with other persons a little slippery, you know, they're, they're, trying to pull all they can out of this and I have to do the right thing regardless of their behavior. I have to behave the right way. I have to treat them fairly, no matter if I'm being treated fairly or not, does not matter. What matters is I treat the other person fairly. There has to be a boundary though. There has to to be a fine line between doing what's right and having people taking advantage of you. But that's not the same thing though. 
Yeah, it's I know. that I can't behave like they behave. I can still look out for myself, but without uh, misbehaving in the transaction. So that that's all I'm saying. It's not that you have to be run over because that's that's not it at all. It's that I can't behave like they behave. In other words, if they do something that's kind of, uh, I don't know how many times I've been in a transaction where they would do something a little sneaky, like slip something in on an inspection that was not really meant to be that kind of thing. And then it flipped, and then I have the same opportunity with them. (laughs) And, And I have to just not do that. Even though I can see it plain as day, I said, well, they screwed me, so why can't I screw them, you know? I said, no, I can't, I can't behave that way. That's what I'm talking about, Greg, is that you have, to, um, you have to always treat other people the way you want to be treated, regardless of how they're treating you. And when you do that, you're on the side of the Tao. You're on the side of virtue, so virtue looks out for you. That's the simplicity of this. You know, that's the simplicity. And um, I think it's so easy sometimes with little sometimes with little tiny things, you know, something really small, like I could get a benefit from something really, really small right here, you know? And it's like, no, I'm not going to do that because that's not the right thing to do. But for me, it comes into my mind like, Oh, I could get a benefit from that little tiny thing. I might as well do that. And then I think, no, I can't do that. Cause I think my mind still kind of tends towards, like that, like cheating way of thinking sometimes. Mine too, Kate, mine too. I, I think, especially in the relationships. Now I may, in the big things that other people would see, I may never think to do that because I'm being watched, but like in my relationship with my wife or, or manipulating my kids some way or some of those things, uh, it's more it would be easier to do, even though I, I try very hard not to do that at all. But my closest relationships are the ones that, for me, that that's the most difficult in. And then those tiny things like you were talking about. Yeah, for sure. Because you think, oh, that wouldn't really matter. And it would be easier that way. And it's not something that's important. So might as well just slide on by doing that. It's like, no, can't do that. Got to be careful and do it the right way. You know, I, I have felt like um, I was sitting at a red light one time and it's a red light where you're, you can't turn on red, but everybody turns on red because they just put it in or it's, a, and you know, it's, they're, tra- they, they're anticipating traffic getting worse. So they're trying to train everybody now to not turn right on red. And I was sitting there and late to pick my son up, which is my fault. I had to realize too. Um, and, and everyone was just going half stop, go half stop, go. And I'm like, and I had been stopping <clears throat> every time I wasn't late. And I I thought for a second, like what Kate was saying, and then I'm like, you know what? That's not the right thing to do. I'm supposed to be doing the next right thing here. And I sat there, and then I noticed two birds um, sitting on a wire together. And it was just a really beautiful interaction. And I thought, wow, that was the blessing I got um, from sitting here. But hearing Kate describe it, every that turmoil clouds me so much that it takes away my peace and my, and my good decision-making and my ability to help others because I'm carrying this in my heart of this just negativity and, and cloud, you know, just by debating it. And if, and 
And then I thought, no, I don't do that anymore. And it was an easy decision at that point. You know, like it, it takes away that turmoil of that. What should I do here? Should I, shouldn't I weigh the odds? Good, bad. And I was explaining to my sponsor that one day and she said, you know, that's where you want to be to where it's not a question, you know, and it's, it just comes quicker to you to just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, because that alone creates this ickiness inside of me that I just don't want anymore. It's the same feelings, whether it's small or big for me, of should I sneak this drink into the grocery store or this wine into church? It's, I went into like a church retreat, a woman's retreat one time with wine in a water bottle. <laughs> and I'm like, my friend's like, you're going to hell for that. I'm like, it's not going to be for this. <laughs> It'll be for other stuff. <laughs> but, you know, it's still that same Ugh, feeling. <laughs> I, I would be concerned as to where it would stop. Where, where, where would I draw the line? as if to say, right, that's that's enough. That's enough, Terry. Yeah, my name's Terry. I'm an alcoholic, and, and the reason I identified as alcoholic partially this morning is because I, you know, quit fighting anything, anybody. And for me, that means I've I've, uh, I've yielded in several situations where maybe I would not have normally yielded. And, you know, what I think the Dow is, is helping me with this morning is that, you know, if I'm walking around with a resentment in my back pocket, I'll get even with that some bit sooner or later. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that in my back pocket. You know, then I haven't yielded. You know, I'm still hanging on. And, and I think what the Dow is telling me this morning is that, you know, I know what is right is to just go ahead and yield and let it definitely go, you know. Um, yet I want to carry it around, and, and, and I want to use it. And I know that guy's left his job, and I can go get that job, and I can sabotage anything he ever did. I can make him look like the worst person in the world. But really, is that where I am today? And, and I'd like to think not. And, and the Dow's helping me with that. It's telling me to take those resentments out of my back pocket. And, and, and go, you know, throw them away, get, get rid of them. That they're, they're no use to me anymore. Uh, what was of use to me is learning that I yielded. And that made me the virtuous one. That made me the, uh, the one who walked away who, yeah, he, he won that argument maybe, but I think at the end of the day, I won because I learned something from it of value. Thank you. Thanks, Terry. That's good. Anyone else? Okay. Yeah, just, yeah, just just for what Terry was saying, uh, I, was, I was just flicking through the, um, the star translations, um, and his first one says, um, "Being content with what you have is always best in the end." So I think what Terry was just saying about not having the resentment in the back pocket, just just being content with with how we've left, you know, how, we've we've left it on the right footing, rather than thinking I've left it on the right footing for now, but I'm going to get you later. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's my star from the star commentary. When you patch up uh, a bit of resentment, some will linger. Uh, how can this be? What can be done about it? Therefore, the sage holds the side of the creditor, which is the inferior position. And I'll tell you what that means. That's the same as in here in the... Uh, where it says does not exact what is due. But even before paper, they would take like a bar, piece of wood or I guess bamboo, any, anything they had, 
a piece of bark and scratch on it what the what the transaction was, and they'd break it in half, and the creditor would get half, and the debtor would get half, the other half. So when the debtor paid off, the creditor would give him the other half, and they fit together perfectly, so there would be no way for the debtor to say it was not paid unless they were made whole. Have you ever heard the the idea of being made whole in, like, contracts? That's where that came from, was being made whole was both pieces together, the original pieces. So what that what they're saying is uh, – that he takes the lesser position, which is the creditor's position, is less than the debtor's position. So he takes the creditor's position uh, every time. So in whatever the the slide is, he looks at himself instead of looking at the other person, right? So it's always looking at a way that how can I give in this rather than how can I get. So that's that's what uh, that originally was according to this as as to what that meant. Uh, And he does not pressure or blame or punish or chastise or put guilt on the other party to make it right. That's strong. That is very strong. So if if we're on the side of the dial, if we're working the program, if we're doing the right thing, we're not pressuring the other party to make this thing right. We're concerned about our part, not their part. We're going to, we want to make it right on our part, but we're not pressuring them to do anything because it's not about them. It's about us. It's about what we did. And, you know, it, it could even be a situation where we were the one that was harmed entirely. Let's say that we were the victim in some way and we had no part in the actual interaction, whatever it was, that we were totally uh, without fault in whatever the interaction was. Uh, Let's say if it was um, an abuse situation or any of those type things, whatever it was, we were, we were not at fault at all in the actual interaction. What, what I have found for me is that I would be at fault at how I carried that from that point forward of the, of the hate and the resentment and the anger that I carried, because in reality, none of that is about, doing anything kind for the other person. It's about you getting rid of that anger and that resentment that you have, because it doesn't destroy them. It destroys you for carrying it. So it's all about, it goes back to it benefiting us entirely. When you forgive someone, it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with you. It has nothing at all to do with them. It's all to do with making your life better, not their life better. There's a lot of good analogies for that. The one that I remember uh, most is that it's like me drinking poison, wishing they would die. That one really gets me. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Every day I hold a resentment against that person that harmed me. I am drinking the poison. I'm not harming them in any way. Terry, you got something, Terry? I guess not. Okay. Um, my, uh, microphone off. Okay. All right. Anyone got anything? I, I, I did. I did find a good uh, Buddhist quote that kind of ties in with that, buddy. Okay. I like this one. Uh, Holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I heard that the other day. That's good. I, I was trying to remember that one, Paul. Thank you. Because I heard I said, I need to write that down. And I didn't. Uh, 
Yeah, that's real good because it, yeah, it really just, is that. Yeah, it's it's really a letting go thing. And um, I did want to say a little bit about uh, self-forgiveness too because that's one that I really struggled with, especially when I first got sober. I uh, was forgiving myself for all the the harm that I caused while I was drinking. Then uh, once once I figured that one out, I was able to apply it to others. So that's, I think that's part of it too. For me, that self-forgiveness came while I started forgiving others. Um, I just almost had to ignore how I felt about myself. Is this yeah, how see, I was, I was always, I was always good at forgiving others, but not so good at forgiving myself. Maybe yeah. that comes with the people pleasing yeah. thing. But with time, didn't it just happen, Paul, that you realized one day that you weren't as hard on yourself as you used to be? Oh yeah, yeah, and that really that really tied in with my gratitude too, and that's why I love gratitude so much because uh, if if you if you constantly remind yourself of of what you're thankful for, you don't have you don't have room for those resentments anymore. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Paul. It really does. Marla, you have something? Uh, yeah, it was just on self forgiveness um, and um, self resentments. Is uh, that was a that's been huge for me is a self resentment because um, yes I can forgive everybody else no problem um, but self forgiveness has been that's been an uphill battle but it's it's flattening the curve is flattening out <laughs> yeah. it's I'm getting better at finding self compassion and self forgiveness and it, it's really a it. It's it's a, an amazing thing. It's like I'm sure like how gratitude feels. <laughs> yeah, and, and for me that just came from doing by forgiving other people more. Uh, I didn't really have to work at self forgiveness. I had to work at forgiving others. As, and as I forgave others, I forgave myself. It just kind of naturally happened for me. It wasn't something I had to really work on. Uh, it was just the result, like fruit of doing the right thing. My self forgiveness. Uh, lacking virtue. Okay, let's see. Let me go back up. I missed a stanza. Okay. Uh, one with virtue uh, does his part. Uh, one lacking virtue holds to other people's mistakes. Yeah, there we go. That's what I would do. And I still can do. That's what Kate was talking about. Uh, heaven's way. Heaven has no preference but always sides with the virtuous. Uh, the natural laws of the universe is how they describe that. The people who, the virtuous are the ones who follow the natural laws of the universe. And it was interesting what this talks about that that means. And these are the notes. I tell you guys, if you want to really study this, the uh, Jonathan Starr, Translation and Commentary, the Tao Te Ching Definitive Edition. This book is incredible. It has all kinds of stuff in it. These are the notes on uh, on the 79th chapter. Um, this is a metaphor which is often interpreted as if the sage is owed but does not demand from others. When a debtor returns the money, he gives but does not expect anything in return. So the sage gives as, as if paying off a debt without any expectation of a return. However, the sage gives out of love and not out of obligation. 
So the analogy does not hold in this respect. This could also be interpreted as a sage attending to his duties or performing his part. The character, the Chinese character there is translated good, skillful, or virtuous is closer in meaning to the Sanskrit for Dharma. This passage can be interpreted as heaven is impartial, but but it is always with the man who follows Dharma. Dharma is righteousness. It is the natural law of the universe, and it naturally arises as goodness, virtue, compassion, love, kindness, etc. All the virtues of heaven are embodied in Dharma. Anyone who follows Dharma is simpatico with heaven and therefore draws heaven's power. So it always reveals itself in exact proportion to the openness of the one receiving it. In this way, it is always with those who are good, those who are open, those who follow the laws of nature. So good stuff. Um, Cares about what you owe, not what others owe you. We talked about blame. We talked about not exact forgiving, not exacting what is due. You ready for Wayne Dyer, Marla? Good stuff today. What? I said good stuff today. Oh, the whole chapter. I didn't underline anything specific because it was all good. Um. How about if I read the verse? Sure. Uh, 79th verse. After a bitter quarrel, some some resentment remains. What can one do about it? Being content with what you have is always best in the end. Someone must risk returning injury with kindness, or hostility will never turn to goodwill. So the wise always give without expecting gratitude. One with true virtue always seeks a way to give. One who lacks true virtue always seeks a way to get. To the giver comes the fullness of life. To the taker, just an empty hand. Life without resentments. In this verse, which has been so helpful to me personally, you're asked to change the way you hold resentments following a difference of opinion or an outright quarrel. Now, what causes annoyance and anger after a dispute? A generic response would be a laundry list that detailed why the other person was wrong and how illogically and unreasonably they behaved, concluding with something like, I have a right to be upset when my daughter, mother-in-law, ex-husband, boss, or whomever you're thinking of, speaks to me that way. But if you're interested in living a doubt-filled life, it's imperative that you reverse this kind of thinking. Resentments don't come from the conduct of the other party in an altercation. No, they survive and thrive because you're unwilling to end that altercation with an offering of kindness, love, and authentic forgiveness. Authentic forgiveness. Lao Tzu says, someone must risk returning injury with kindness or hostility will never turn to goodwill. So when all the yelling, screaming, and threatening words have been expressed, the time for calm has arrived. Remember that no storm lasts forever and that hidden within are always seeds of tranquility. There's a time for, for hostility and a time for peace. It's hard to see that when you're in the middle of it. You know, that those seeds of tranquility when you're in the middle of a storm. There is. As the storm of a quarrel subsides, you must find a way to disregard your ego's need to be right. It's time to extend kindness by letting go of your anger. It's over. 
So offer forgiveness to yourself and the other person and encourage resentment to dissipate. Be the one seeking a way to give in the sense that Lao Tzu describes in this verse, rather than the one looking for something to get. Uh, I run a large enterprise based on the wisdom in this profound verse. My company is all about giving, so if there are any disputes about product sales, my assistant knows to let the other party have whatever they desire. If someone can't afford something, I give it away. I allow recordings of my talks and ask nothing in return. I give of my time for photographs, autographs, and anything at all. Unless I have a plane catch, I'm the last person out of the auditorium, and I'm willing to talk with anyone who makes such a request. It's all about giving, and those who work for me know this and live by these principles. I'm going to skip this one. Okay. Regardless of anyone else's attitude, if you live with, quote, true virtue, unquote, you'll see a way to give. This truth completely aligns with the Tao, after all. The creator of life is always giving, never taking. So change the way you think about scarcity and resentment and begin to truly feel the question, how may I serve? The universe will seem to respond, finally, you got it. You're acting like me. I'll keep that flow coming into your life in ways that will astound and delight you. As Lao Tzu says, to the giver comes the fullness of life. To the taker, just an empty hand. Here's what the Lao Tzu, here's what Lao Tzu encourages you to do to make the wisdom of the 79th verse your reality. End on love no matter what. Picture yourself at the termination of a quarrel or a major dispute. Rather than reacting with old patterns of residual anger, revenge, and hurt, visualize offering kindness, love, and forgiveness. It just makes me soft to even... Read these words. Do they do this right now by sending out these true virtue thoughts to any resentments you're currently carrying. Make this your standard response to any future altercations. I end on love no matter what. Practice giving. In the midst of arguments or disagreements, practice giving rather than taking before you exit the fracas. Offer the Tao treasures or real virtues by presenting kindness rather than a put-down or a sign of respect instead of proving someone wrong. Giving involves leaving the ego behind. While it wants to win and show its superiority by being contrary and disrespectful, your down nature wants to be at peace and live in harmony. You can reduce your quarreling time to almost zero if you practice this procedure. And might as well go full. Do the down now. Silently recite the following words from the prayer of St. Francis. Where there's inquiry, let me bring pardon. Be a giver of forgiveness as he teaches. Bring love to hate, light to darkness, and pardon to injury. Read these words daily, for they'll help you overcome your ego's demands and know the fullness of life. That just says it all. It's funny how I get these. My wife and I got in a little fuss this morning. I was going to try to say it better, but... Right before the Dow meeting, too. Can you imagine that? It was, I don't want to go into detail, but I, anyway, she's texting me during the Dow meeting, fussing at me, right? <laughs> and I was wrong because I should have, I should have done what we're talking about. I got an example of how to do that in the little things, Kate, like you were talking about, right? 
And yeah. so now she's texting me, bah, 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 and I'm like, okay, yeah, I've got to, yeah, I'm sorry. I, you know, I may fall here. I will do what you're asking me to do. Good job, buddy. <laughs> anyway, uh, I have to have those examples right in front of me, right? Hey, it, hey, it, it truly is a process, isn't it, buddy? Oh, my God. <laughs> will it ever be over? Maybe the day I die, it'll be over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Till then, it's going to be a process. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, and, and it's, for me, it really is those little things. Instead of me reading her mail and saying, well, the real reason you want me to do that is this. Nobody, don't do that. <laughs> That's not returning kindness for injury that's not it and it's not going to work just return kindness for injury just do what you don't want to do and it's usually the right thing to do <laughs> progress not perfection do what marla progress not perfection oh uh, don't you want to see more progress quicker though i know i do oh sure there's a ton of impatience but, um, <laughs> You know, when I think that everybody's in the same boat, nobody's got their shit together, it it makes me feel better and more relaxed into it. Like, all right, all right, none of us got our shit together, so I can relax. It's none good. of us do. No. It's, a, it's, it's really a way of life and learning how in every interaction, just can I find a way to love in this instead of, uh, a way to manipulate and a way to control. It's that, that same thing we always talk about, just said a little different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's very interesting. My takeaway from this is it's interesting how that when we do the right thing, we're not rewarded for doing the right thing. You know, we're, we're in that flow of life that's just happening and we get in that flow by us doing the right thing. It's not a, a reward, uh, punishment basis you know it's not that it's just if we're doing the right thing we're going to be on the side of this all-giving force of the universe you know anything else guys i was trying to think if i had any more comments i want to run through uh where the problem the solution is with us we talked about that being vulnerable you talked about that marla creating space and emptiness Instead of our demand uh, for emotional reward, like that'd be our debt and payment. How can I forgive emotional debt? Talking about people who harm us emotional with our resentment. How can we forgive that? And that's really what this is about. Uh, How can I give in this circumstance? How can I give in this interaction, not get in this interaction? Uh, Sending love sending a love intention, not in getting, okay, this is something that Zach E. talked about when we talked about this months ago. Not uh, not trying to get is a gift in itself that we can give to people. Because have you ever been around those people that you know you're waiting on the hook because you know they're going to want something from you and you're just waiting <clears throat> And not approaching people in that way is a gift in itself. Uh, 
thing I am giving is that I'm not having, that you're not having to give. Yes, yes, that's the same thing. Yeah, good. Yeah, I found myself, I do that a lot, and I, I'm afraid I'm, in, I'm transferring that onto my kids. Um, but when my husband was praising them one day for something, I was just sitting there like, mm-hmm, 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 but like waiting, just waiting. Because I'm like, he doesn't just hand out praise. I, I mean, and that's me judging him. He, he might be using that as an opportunity to, you know. But I found myself, I'm like, why am I so salty about this? I'm like, because that's usually when, I, when he's saying I've done something good. Then he likes to offer some advice or something. And I would just, I couldn't even hear what he was saying. Because I was just like, mm-mm, yeah, nice, nice, niceties, niceties, positive, doesn't make, doesn't matter, go ahead with what you're really trying to say. Um, so I find myself, and I, I lose a lot by being in the future of the comment instead of just staying in what it is. And that's probably a, a whole other thing on its own. Um, and, but the one thing that, that keeps, that was jumping out at me with the reading is something I tried to... I use this all the time. Um, and there's a, Glennon Doyle has this, has this um, Oprah talk or Soul Sunday talk where she talks about going through this pain. And she's, she went to her, her therapist and said, I don't want to waste this pain. Like, how do I use this pain for me? And I feel like I, always, I try to do that because it makes me feel a little selfish because I'm like, I'm going through a really tough time. How am I going to use this? And when it talks about after a bitter squirrel, some resentment must, be, must remain or um, feelings of resentment remain. What's the point of carrying a grudge? But I look at these things as how can I make something out of this negative? How can I make something out of this argument or this resentment? And I feel like sometimes the lingering resentments are there um, to be used for something. Um, because I think, yeah, those lingering resentments, they, I, I don't like that feeling, but I'm like, they're there to teach me something just like every pain is. And that's the, that's something that when people are like, oh, I have this resentment or this resentment, you know, I think, okay, yeah, we need to go through that and feel that for sure. But then how do we not waste it? And because we're always growing, like Paul just said, you know, this is a process. And when he said that, I, I, I forget that because I like black and white. And I forget about the gray areas. And the day, person I am tomorrow is going to be different than who I am today. So that resentment is going to taste different. Um, and so when I have these resentments, it's almost like a grieving process or a process of acceptance, denial, anger, all these different things. Um, and so to me, that is really important to use the resentments, uh, the, those lingering resentments as something. How can we how can we consider how then can we consider that as good after saying difficulties, difficulties remain even after solving a problem. And I think I'm, you know, I don't waste anything, even at home. I, you know, have a, a box. My grandma, they said my grandma used to have a box that said string that can't be used for anything. I mean, it's, it's a folklore thing. It's like a, it's a oxymoron. Like that's how much she's sick stuff, stuff that can't be used for anything. I'm going to keep it. Yeah. Um, and so I don't like to waste things. You know, I make, I make bone broth out of, 
carcasses and it's just like, I, I got to use everything. And even when it comes to my spiritual life, like I'm not going to let this horrible situation, horrible, because they catastrophize everything too. This situation, I'm not going to waste. It's like dripping and they get what I can from it, which makes me feel selfish in one hand. But the other hand, it's like, you know what? I got to use it. If it's going to cost me something, then I'm going to see what else I can get out of it. So that's what I got from one of the, someone that first thing. Thanks, Tina. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Carrie? Yeah, I'm just kind of uh, pulling back to this uh, statement. But a man without virtue requires others to fulfill their obligations. And, you know, uh, we're talking about the, the bitterness that remains after an argument. And going in and seeking others to validate us, if you will. So the argument isn't over. You know, I'm I'm still carrying that argument. I'm going to others. I'm, you know, I'm 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 by doing that, I'm putting an unpredictable factor in there. What's the other going to do with the information? You know, and, and I get to control the information. You know, so that's really uh, I can. I'm just being pulled back to that today and looking at where do I try to pull others into my arguments? Where where am I not letting the argument be over? Where am I sticking that resentment in my back pocket, if you will, and maybe uh, wanting someone else to exact the revenge for me? Uh, and, you know, I mean, I, I look back at some of my problematic, you know, relations, and I always ran to somebody, you know, uh, I mean, I can have a fight with a wife and want to go talk to the son about it, you know. Um, but, you know, it's just that tendency. But, you know, here it is, a black and white that, you know, involving others in my quarrels uh, makes me unvirtuous. And um, so I can't not look at that now, you know. But thank you. That's, that's good, Terry. Thank you. And And, you know, when we're dealing with people that don't practice this, we even become more vulnerable. You know, we have to take more of a risk because, you know, they're probably going to slight and jab and do their thing. And we're just going to have to risk it, you know, because, you know, especially if we're dealing with people in life that that don't practice the things we practice. So that makes it even more difficult. So, uh, but more rewarding too, because we learned that, that's just not the way to go with this stuff. Anyone else before we close? Are we good? Okay. Well, thank you all for a great discussion. Enjoyed it. You guys have a great day. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars, Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.